Hey, we wanted to jump in here before this interview gets started and, and let you know that there's going to be some overlapping of the talking with the distance and the way that the data is transferred to uh, the server that it's recorded on. It's recorded in a single file, so it can't be adjusted afterwards, but we are working on that. But rest assured, we were all polite. We didn't talk over each other, even though it might seem like it. We hope you enjoy. You're listening to Both Sides of the Mask. Umpires getting together to talk what it's like on both sides of their mask. Creating a fun atmosphere for anyone who can relate to sports, life, and officiating. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Both Sides of the Mask. Man, I am excited about this episode. I, You know, I went back and I listened to some of the last episode, Liz, and, and I enjoyed it. But this one is one of those ones that we've been waiting for, and we're finally able to take off the uh, training wheels, <laughs> break out of our shells, however you want to say it, because we have our first guest today. It's been in the works. Things have come and kind of gone, and, and, and some some health issues have, uh, have happened with all the COVID. COVID and, and things changing our daily schedules. I remember last episode you were talking about your girl had, uh, you know, like a three hour softball practice. Isabella's going to the horse barn three times, uh, three times a week and just crammed full of things to do, to do. But our guest is some, someone that I know that both of us hold in high regards and, uh, it's, it's, somebody that's special to me uh i worked my first conference series for this um for this assigner and now to have them be our first guest on here uh let me see if i can get her all hooked up on here and 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 liz what what do you have for us today uh, again I, you know what he just said i really appreciate you guys uh chiming in you know we are very excited about this episode we can start getting some people on here and have some conversations uh the guest today is a highly decorated umpire um she is a college assigner of many conferences she is a member of our sup staff for the ncaa umpiring uh she's a former college athlete she's an advocate for fitness and ice cream and she's also a retired school administrator <laughs> um <laughs> So <laughs> she, uh, her name is Sally Walker. I cannot wait till she gets on here and we can get everything rolling and uh, find a little bit more about her. Yeah, well, I, I sent her the link here to, to join it. So hopefully it works. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, an advocate of ice cream. That's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, some other umpires that I work with and uh, they, you know, have told me that they, you know, share, they'll be somewhere and they'll go get ice creams. And I know one of her favorite places to go wait till she gets on here and then then i'll call it out see if she's had any late i don't know if they have any of them up in illinois i think i well i don't want to say i don't speak for it there's some pretty darn good places up there but i'm sure that that could be a nice little conversation we we can get into i'm sure she's sponsored plenty of places to to find (laughs) yeah so while we're waiting oh my gosh she said three hour practice natalie has a four hour practice on sunday So I made the joke to the coaches like, so are we going to have a cookout too? Or, you know, what, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> just keep, just keep extending it out. Might as well just have an all day, you know, sleepover on the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. I saw that uh, another thing like in Iowa, uh, they yeah. were, uh, 
they were do, they were gonna like they were able to start and so it was gonna be they could start at midnight or something along those lines and like let's have a midnight yeah. practice they just opened up their state i know a lot of states are going through that same uh trial you know we've been open since uh the end of may and it just seems like it's been full force you know i i made a comment on one of my socials like you know the the usual normal is now the abnormal for me because i was so used to my personally selfish reasons i was so used to being uh, reclusive and hiding down in my sanctuary and not having to worry about it Okay. Hey, look who we look who we have with us. <laughs> Sorry, I was a little slow a in figuring all this out. You know, technology is not my forte. No, it's a, <laughs> technology is a crazy thing. Liz and I were just kind of getting done with the introduction, and we got you in here. We were talking about something that I know is near and dear to your heart, and we've got them down here in Missouri, and, and there's some over in uh, Oklahoma, some some other place <laughs> that you frequent during the May. Ari, we were talking about ice cream and some of <laughs> your love for that. And and I was going to mention the place, but I'll let you mention one of your favorite places to go, especially Oklahoma. It's, it is my favorite. Brahms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the way to Sally's heart. Bring her bring her some yep. Brahms. Yep. Nothing nothing I have, better. I have one right down the street here. Really? Yeah. That It wouldn't be good for me to <laughs> live do. that close to one, but I certainly enjoy my opportunities to visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we were just talking about it. And, you know, Sal, you gave me my break into Division One softball and calling for a Division One uh, a conference. And, and it's awesome to have you on here as our first ever guest. And I can give you our, fir- our first break into having a guest on both sides of the mask. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. I, uh, it's it's just cool. No, I appreciate what you guys have started, and uh, hopefully this this is something that'll catch on, and and more people will join you, and and a lot of people have an opportunity to learn a lot of good things about umpiring that you know we don't talk about all the time. So it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've we've been getting some really good feedback so far, Sally. Hello, glad you're you're on here. <laughs> um, no, we've been getting some really good feedback so far. Like, there's been some. Um, not only just softball umpires, you know, that, you know, we're close and dear to, but, um, even some, like some coaches have been getting on cool. uh, at the youth level. Um, I was just on recently the officially connected that, uh, Craig and Marty were on, yeah. uh, less than a month ago. And, uh, they had myself and, an, uh, Amber Dewalt on there for an hour conversation and they already posted on their site. So good. Um, well, we need to do a better they, uh, job the- of getting that out to everybody about these different opportunities somehow we have to to do a better job of advertising those things oh don't disagree with you on that so i mean i mean i know there's there's quite a few of our colleagues that you know that follow some of those socials Mm -hmm. and um i know there's gonna be several other officials are going to be getting on there and and their goal and what we're trying to do too is we want not just officials of the of softball you know, in their case, not just baseball officials. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to come together as a community and, and talk because we all come from different avenues of life, um, different career paths, you know, different um, college paths, different family. Um, it's just, you know, it's just neat for us to be able to come together and just have a, a normal conversation. Yep. Because <laughs> we share a connection that not mo- many other people understand, right? Oh, yeah. Trying to have a conversation <laughs> with my family about what we do is like, they, they look at me like I have five yep. heads. So it's like, you can't have a, that conversation with them. No. And yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I, I, know, I know you and 
I was going to say, I know you and Nick, Liz, have had that conversation and it's like a space out and Amanda and I have had a conversation before and it's just like, we try to talk about it, but there's just some things that just don't relate or you can't re- explain it to a different to somebody that hasn't been on the field and experienced that type of that type of atmosphere that type of atmosphere right. it's just it's it's different talk it's it's a different family well, i mean and it, it, it goes through it goes through softball goes through baseball goes through basketball and and all those other sports it's just a passion that nobody else can can appreciate i think 100%. So, um, I know well, my, you know, both my daughters, you know, they, they've spoken of, uh, having some type of interest in this. And I had a conversation with Natalie cause she just started doing showcases. Uh, even though we've, Ohio's only been open for three weeks. Uh, we've already been in two tournaments. Um, so her <laughs> first showcase last week, which I could tell you how many colleges are there on my hand. Wow. Um, well, D1's so, not allowed to be there, right? Yeah, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, D2 schools that either don't have the funds or they're not allowing them mm-hmm. to travel because of the uh, disadvantage right. of what you know the other division is not allowed to do. So, um, but the conversation I had with Natalie was, uh, you know, I said, you know, I would love to get you trained because there's a lot of young officials that are in need, and she's like, I could do that. She goes, I watch you. She goes, I watch your mechanics. I watch some of these uh-huh. players out there. She goes. They look awful. I'm like, like, okay, Natalie. I was like, I go, please tell me that you're not telling them that they're awful. She's like, no. She goes, I I, I make sure I talk to the umpire and have a good conversation with them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, she's definitely like me. She says what's on her mind, you know. (laughs) That could be a good and bad thing. True. (laughs) But, you know, it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point you also bring up there, Liz. Like, our family watching us and the way that we talk and they hear us talking and they see some other stuff and you know i was watching i watch games on there and you know how i break down film and look at it and you know amanda and my oldest daughter isabella are getting into the point now like oh they probably could have slowed down a little bit on that call why are, why are we rushing things or oh and i'm like they're like uh i don't think that was the right position i was like gosh i just it's like we can bring new evaluators to the camp and give you an outside look and they're gonna what have yep. you done uh, i've watched softball <laughs> Yeah. Too funny. So what got what what was your what was your background? What 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 was little little Sally? Was she out there She's, watching the field like like a, like our like our daughters no. seemed to be no. doing? Um I grew up around softball. My dad was actually a professional fast pitch yeah. pitcher back in the day. Um so from the time yeah. I was six months old, I went to softball games and I mean I went to every game that my dad pitched that I I followed him around everywhere and actually there were there was one time I actually got to play with his team because um, they didn't have enough guys to fill the uh, roster that night because there was a prison break in and two of the guys on his team were wardens at the prison so they didn't have enough players and my dad was like get your glove you're playing right field and um, <laughs> so that was probably the highlight of my my playing career to be quite honest I caught two fly balls in the outfield and I bunted successfully every time I was up so um, but I I grew up around the game um, and I was fortunate enough that you know I'm not I'm old but I was of that age that I got to benefit from the whole title nine thing um, I was able to play in some leagues when I think when I was in fifth grade my parents actually started a league in my hometown so I got to play uh, when I got to high school 
we didn't have a softball team, but I played basketball, played volleyball. Um, and then starting my junior year, we finally got a softball team, started playing softball for the high school. Previous to that, I ran track. So I was pretty involved as an athlete. Um, then I was fortunate enough to, to be the first female from our school to get a full, full ride to college and went to West Virginia and pitched mm. for them for four years. Um, my senior year, they um, discontinued the softball program because the coal mines went on strike. And, you know, back in that day when the coal mines went on strike in West Virginia, there wasn't a lot of money to be had in that state. And so um, several programs at the university yeah. got cut. And unfortunately, softball was one of them. So and they've never have brought it back, unfortunately. And I'm hoping now that I'm the Big 12 coordinator yeah. that they might bring softball back at West Virginia. But I'm pretty sure that won't happen anytime soon. But um, so, I mean, I grew up in Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, which is just 30 miles north of Morgantown, which is where I went to school. Um, after I graduated from from college, I actually coached basketball at my old high school for a year, um, coached softball at a neighboring high school. And then I came out to Illinois to play softball, to play fast pitch for the summer because I had didn't have any real plans other than going starting grad school in the fall. Came out here and um, was playing for a team in Decatur, Illinois. And actually, the gal that I traveled with from Champaign over to Decatur every night, she did umpire. And uh, one night she informed me that she needed a partner and that I was going to be that partner. And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because um, being a pitcher, a lot of most pitchers aren't real fond of umpires. Um, right. Mm. And um, it's like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, she picked me up, took me. I umpired first base and the team that I umpired for, the lady was just ecstatic to have two females out there. And she's like, you're coming back next time with her. And it's like, no, I did this because she picked me up and made me come. And she's like, no, we really need you. And um, she offered to pay my certification and so on if I would come back. And so I was like, okay. Um, so I did. And I ended up that summer doing a lot of um, age group, you know, 14 and under. I think that group was 16 and under um, just here around Champaign. Um, and when I went to get my certification, the guy that um, that was in charge of the ASA softball slow pitch around here, he's like, hey, we need some females. Why don't you come and do, you know, slow pitch during the week? And when he told me how much they made, I was like, hey, that's more than I make working at Dairy Queen, <laughs> which is what I was doing at the time. Like <laughs> yeah, ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, although I wasn't dispensing, I was doing bookkeeping for them, which is scary in and of itself. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, that's how I got started. And I ended up doing slow pitch for for a long time, actually, for about 10 years. Um, but then I, I eventually got into more of the softball fast pitch stuff. Um, when I became athletic director at the high school, I and actually the gal that got me into umpiring also got me the job at university high school because I was planning on like I said going back to West Virginia to go to grad school and we were up in Michigan working a softball camp 
and she got a phone call and uh, she's like, no, I don't, I don't want a job, but I know somebody that might. She came back and she's like, hey, would you want a job teaching PE and coaching basketball and cross country? It's like, well, I'll coach basketball. I don't know about cross country. And she's like, oh, you just be the assistant. So anyway, um, I got hired two days before school started and um, at University High School, which is um, part of the University of Illinois. And um, was there for 31 years. Um, not exactly something that I anticipated doing for that long. Um, actually, after the first month, I wasn't sure I was going to even going to make it for a year there. Um, it's just a very different school environment than what I grew up in in Western Pennsylvania. Um, but I obviously grew to love it. Um, became athletic director and head of the PE department after three years and remained in that capacity for 28 years. Um, but I coached basketball, girls basketball, and was the assistant coach for cross country for three years. Um, coached softball at a neighboring high school for a couple of years before I became athletic director. Um, but once I became athletic director is when I really started taking the fast pitch game a little more seriously because uh, I had then once I got into fast pitch did some junior college stuff and did a lot of games up in Rock Island and that's how I sort of got into the D1 situation um, but it was a, a nice career when I was umpiring I umpired D1 softball for 15 years um, worked four college world series in 2002, 2003, 2006, and 2009. And in 2009 is when I decided that would be my last year on the field. Um, and I think, you know, it was a 15 years is a pretty long career when you think about it. I mean, you think about the, uh, what's expected of you from an umpire standpoint, the things that you give up in order to do it, the travel that's involved. Um, and especially when you have a job like being athletic director, that's also a huge time, time constraint. Um, it was just time to go. I know that I would never have stepped away from the field though, if I hadn't had an opportunity to assign um, Steve Culp, who was the head of, who was the assigner for the Missouri Valley at the time. Um, had to step away because of his full-time job and he had asked me if I'd be interested in helping him take over and then take over um, so I did that and that was sort of a nice way for me to stay involved because I you know like I said softball has been a huge part of my life everything I have in my life I owe to softball and I just couldn't see giving it up totally and you know given the experience that I had being an athletic director I think that went hand in hand with um, a lot of the responsibilities that you have as a coordinator and um, so it just seemed like a natural way to to keep involved with the game that I love so much um, so started off in the valley and um, then four years later Lisa Harvey needed to resign from her position at the Big Ten I was fortunate enough to, to get that um, position <laughs> And then I added the summit hmm. uh, a year later. Then I added the American two years later. And then this past year, I was able to add the Big 12. Um, 
So pretty full plate from that standpoint. Um, and I think, you know, the one thing that I've probably learned over the course of my time is that the position itself has changed significantly. When I first took over the Valley, the coordinator position was pretty much an assigning position. You know, we they wanted to make sure that we took that off the coach's plate because prior to that, the coaches just assigned their own umpires. So therefore, you know, there was always the, uh, the thought from the opposing coach that they were getting homered, which in some cases was a reality. Um, but, you know, we started off doing just pretty much the assigning aspect of it. And over time, things have changed, like I said, significantly. Um, expected to do a lot more of the, co- the the conferences and the coaches expect you to be training and educating the umpires. They also expect you to be training and educating them on aspects of officiating and, you know, how coaches can better communicate and handle umpires um and then you know just finding out recently with our the big 10's been having a summit call for the last two weeks and we have three more weeks to go um with all the other coordinators in the conference and just expectations that they have for making sure that we're doing more from the legal side to protect the brand of the big 10 and you know, so we're going to have, we're going to be doing background checks. We're going to be doing contracts. Um, just a lot more things involved in, in being in that position. So um, I think that's played a, a huge part in my decision to, to step away from the, um, the Valley the American and the, the Summit League. I mean, quite honestly, the the Valley was a position since it was my first as a coordinator, but also as an umpire. Um, I've always held that conference very dear. I, lo- I love the coaches in that conference. I love the administrator. Um, just feel like they're a very, you know, classy, classy organization. So I've always felt like that would be one of the last conferences that I assigned for. Um, but when I was, you know, contemplating what to do and how best to manage things, I just felt that the best way to go about it would be for me to stay with the Big Ten and the Big 12, keep those two, the Autonomous Five together, and then um, put the other three together to hopefully keep the uh, consortium together. Um, Because I feel like the consortium not only serves our conferences very well, but more importantly, I feel like it it serves our umpires. And so that was paramount for me to find somebody that would be able to take over those conferences and and allow us to continue the work of the consortium um, and and make sure that we keep that in place. I kind of want to go back to what you were talking about. With your Title Nine, uh-huh. you know that's a huge, huge impact that has happened with us females. Sure, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to experience that. You know, you know, my mom, you know, she uh, was a high school graduate in the uh, early seventies. You know, and that that wasn't approved for her to play high school sports until after she graduated. So, mm-hmm. um, to kind of tie in with that, 
you know, how did that impact you as you were, you know, as, as it was approved? And then what was it like just trying to get approval from other, you know, sources like, you know, as you went into college or, and how it carried over into your um, leadership roles that you have taken? Well, I think, I mean, for me personally, you know, I wasn't really all that much aware of Title IX. Um, I did know that, you know, as a result, our high school was bringing basketball in and then slowly implementing um, other sports. And, you know, I mean, for me, that was just that was great because I I lived to play whatever was being played at the time. I just wanted to be active, wanted to play. And um, I mean, so certainly that was key for me. And it, it changed my thought process. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher, PE teacher, because I just I loved that class. And, you know, I loved the aspect of just moving and so forth. But then when I got into high school and could then see that um, there was a possibility for me to be a coach, it was like, cool. You know, that so that you know, I could be a PE teacher, I could coach. Um, that was significant for me. Um, and then, you know, just as I was starting preparing to go to college, you know, that's when females were starting to get athletic scholarships. And so I benefited hugely from that because, I mean, quite honestly, I'm not sure how my family would have been able to put me through college had it not been for that. Um, you know, my dad just, my dad worked for the gas company. We lived paycheck to paycheck there. Were, I was the oldest of four kids. Um, and so realistically, not sure how I would have um, been able to get to college. They probably would have found a way, but this was this was an easy path, you know. Um, and so I, I benefited greatly from from Title IX, and and actually, as I when I became an athletic director, um, <laughs> there were many times that I sat my female athletes down and talked to them because sometimes I I got the feeling that you know they were taking things a little for granted. And, and not real appreciative of the opportunities that they had. And so I'd sit them down and, you know, just talk to them about the fact that, you know, you're privileged to have this because it's not always been this way, you know? And so don't take advantage of, don't take this opportunity for granted, utilize it and, and, and appreciate it for what it's worth. Um, Cause you know, there's, there's lessons that you learn from being an athlete, an athlete that you can't learn anywhere else in life. And these, these things that you're going to learn through being an athlete at this school will benefit you all greatly. And, you know, I taught at a school that was a very high academic school. And so we didn't always have the best athletes, but those kids, I mean, they were obviously smart and they could figure things out. Um, had to sometimes talk to them a little, little differently. Um, but I learned a lot from being a coach at that school. Um, I learned that because I was very, uh, and I still am very competitive. Um, but I learned that, you know, there were more important things than winning. And um, I, I have valued that and appreciated that as I've moved forward in my career. I don't know whether that answered you exactly, but um. no, no. Um, no, I loved it because like, you know, when you said, you know, you took the time to speak to the athletes to let them know how much 
you know, this is going to impact their life, you know, how much they, you know, were taking advantage of it. Like you said, you know, I, it kind of gave me a reminder of like, you know, conversations I have with both my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I have two daughters at play, you know, and my oldest one understands the differences between what males, what their advantages are versus what the females mm-hmm. advantages are. And, it, and it's sad, you know, you know, but she, you know, she, she got to witness it this past uh, spring uh, with my nephew and uh, wow. my nephew goes to, you know, a private school that, you know, recruited him for wrestling purposes and he got in for free. And, um, you know, she wanted to go to that, you know, that same school, but for the right reasons, she loved the campus. She loved living on campus. She loved everything they had to offer educational wise. Um, the high school, uh, softball coach was recruiting her hard. Um, the administrative staff really wanted her, um, but they had to make a decision. Um, as soon as like <laughs> we were getting emails about our financial um, mm-hmm. uh, information, you know, and this whole thing happened right after the pandemic went down. Um, they made a decision not to accept her. Um, and I had to have that hard conversation with her. She's like, well, I just don't understand. That's stupid. She was, they let JT. And I said, let me, let me just explain this a little differently mm-hmm. for you. I said, you have all the opportunities in the world right now. I said, you play on a travel team that is, you know, is very well noted. I said, you, you go to a great STEM school already that's related to a medical school. Um, you have more opportunities now, you know, and go, and we don't know exactly what that school would have done for you. I said, Uh and here's the other thing is that that school is more dominant with the male sports, you know, because they do a lot of national tournaments with their wrestling program. I said, so you have to think of it how they're looking at that. I go, you know, there's no difference in income of what my sister makes versus what we make. It's just JT's in a different sport that they don't pride in in some of this female sports. Yep. I had to be realistic with her. Yep. And when I broke that down, she's like, well, that's just not fair. And I said, I, yep. I totally understand. Yep. I said, but unfortunately, <laughs> this is how it is in life. This you is know? the reality. Um, I said, so you can either, you know, go cry about it or be like, you know what? Make them make them wish they would have chose you. Yep. Um, you so said to, motiv- to motivate. Yeah. Right. Abs- uh, yeah, absolutely. So that, that really, uh, that meant a lot when you said that, because there's a lot of females out there that do take advantage of opportunities and kind of like, you know, with, with our umpiring, it's like, you know, we still see, um, the less percentage of, of females that participate mm-hmm. for numerous reasons. And it's so hard to keep them engaged with it, with the umpiring officiating, doesn't matter what sport it is. And we're trying to bring more of that in, um, to kind of add to it, you know, uh, Tony and I were talking about this and I said, you know, how much different was it for you when you were getting into umpiring and how, cause I know I've heard some, some pretty bad stories about, male officials versus female officials, you know, were the opportunities, did you feel like your opportunities weren't as, you know, they weren't as, um, as broad compared to some of them? Oh, absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. And, and as a matter of fact, I mean, um, when I, you know, I started doing the ASA stuff and when I first got into the fast pitch ASA in Illinois, um, I think I umpired in, in that capacity for about five years. Um, before it became very apparent to me that I was never going to get where I wanted to go because I was in Illinois. Um, I had been, I worked my first national tournament in I think 93 and it was a 14 and under up at Rock Island or up in Rockford, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, the, the UIC said that I needed to be 
I needed to go to the National Women's A the next year. Well, Illinois wouldn't let me go. Um, they had some guy that they wanted to send instead. So I, go, I went to a 16 and under national. This UIC said the same thing. And again, I didn't get to go. I went to the 18 and under national. 18 and under national, it was put on my card that I was recommended to go to the women's major. Um, and I didn't get to go to that. And when they told me that I, they were going to send me to another 18 and under, I was like, you know what? I'm seeing the writing on the wall. It took me three years, but I figured it out. Um, a little slow. Um, and I just, I stopped doing it at that point. That was my last year in ASA. Um, and then once I got into college ball, um, you know, we were still working two person at the time. So I was working with a lot of older guys and I mean, and make no mistake about it. A lot of them were great and, you know, were, were very willing to work with me, help me out, but make no mistake about it either, that there were some that were not happy at all to have a young female out there and, um, and made it very difficult. Yeah. And likewise with coaches, you know, there were a lot more female coaches at the time, um, especially around here, um, being in the Big Ten and the Valley, you know, those two conferences have always had been predominantly women coaches. Um, so that made that part of it a little bit easier. But I mean, those male coaches, they did not care to see a female out there. Um, at least that's that's how I felt. You know, I felt like we definitely got treated differently. There was no doubt about it. Um, but there is also the side yeah. of it that from a national standpoint, um, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I got moved up the ladder more quickly in the ASA, in the in a NCAA postseason because I was a female because there weren't many of us and they had a commitment to having, you know, a 50-50 balance at the national tournament at the World Series. So I, you know, it was difficult in some aspects, but it also I also benefited from it because I, I know I got moved up the ladder more quickly. And I, I can definitely relate to that. And it's just, a, it's amazing how much things have changed, mm -hmm. you know, cause like I've, I've heard some, some stories from others, you know, I, I've, I've heard, you know, like how you talked about, you know, your, um, you know, just your trials and your, you know, accolades and things that you've gone through. And I, I couldn't imagine because, you know, it, we're not too far off from like how, you know, prejudice, uh, we are, mm -hmm. you know, and, or what we were, yeah. you know, it's, I, it, I feel like as a society, like, you know, the turmoil has come in, but, <laughs> or has come in, and, you know, and, you know, I, we all know what's going on right now, but I think it, it's, it's happening and it needed to happen. Uh, but with the whole female aspect, I, and I'm going to add one last thing is um, when I got involved um, back, I think my first year of actual official college softball was in 2013, 2014 was the year that I started working for you. And, um, that was the year of the tailwind of a lot of the officials that were basically seeing the end of their tunnel. And I had to sit through some uncomfortable conversations in locker rooms about 
how they were bringing in younger officials, how they were bringing in, you know, female officials. And I had to hear that uh-huh. the ones that, you know, that weren't working, you know, particularly for you or for others. And um, that was challenging. Sure. So, you know, I, I give all the props to, you know, uh, the females that worked, you know, with you, uh, the ones that are still working, you know, because they had to go through so much more. And that just paved the way for someone like myself and, and also for Tony, because, you know, we are still under the age of 40 yep. for another year and a half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's amazing, like just how it has changed for my generation. And I can't <laughs> wait until the next generation so they can see and hear what we had to sacrifice so that way they can have those opportunities. Yep. We just hope that we can continue to move that along in a very positive direction. You know, and you're, you're saying something with your ASA career and, and it took you three years. You're a little bit slow, but it, you know, it wasn't any different from, from me. You know, I played baseball in high school and then I moved into, you know, the baseball realm and tried to go up that route. And, you know, it was mm-hmm. even backstabbing, you know, there wasn't, there's not that many females. Yep that do baseball you know the biggest one that we have right now you know is jen is jen powell but when i was doing it even moving up through the college ranks of baseball man at naia juco there's just backstabbing you do one thing wrong or mm-hmm. somebody's going to tattletale and enough it was of this like, for me it was the same type of deal three years and then i was like okay it's let's see what else is out there and i yeah i love i love the softball game i loved you know i love the 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 men's game and to hear you you know grow up around it i wish i would have grown up around it more so i could have been you know able to play and maybe it'd have been me dragging my my daughters around <laughs> to the to the games as well and doing i just the, the game of softball you know they it's faster and they're like oh yeah the time is short and i was like no, exactly. the game is faster how many bang bang plays do you have at at first base and 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 baseball. we're more like yeah, time to pour a, one a game is like, like man if i get one a game right? i'm excited <laughs> at the minimum <laughs> i had yeah i had one i had one this year liz and i was talking about it. i was like i had four in the matter of five outs and i was like i feel like baseball has enough. like enough just, time to pour just stop i got it i'm done and you're like oh there's yep. a call there you go no it's a very different game that's for sure you know, and so much has even changed from when you were first calling. You said that you were kind of making your schedule. You're calling the coaches and and doing your assigning type of stuff. And and how does that how does that transition, you know, really happen? You you're, you mentioned Steve, and, and and he came to you and just said, "Hey, do you want to? Well, I mean, you want to take I on this did, new role that we have again, no like idea said, what's you know I had what the experience of being yet. an athletic director and and assigning all my officials for, from that standpoint. So, you know, doing the assigning for a conference is not a whole heck of a lot different, honestly. Um, and, you know, I mean, back in the day when, you know, before we had assigners, you know, you did, you just, you waited for a coach to call you and it was like, well, yeah, I don't have anything mm-hmm. on Saturday. And so, yeah, I can go to Indiana on Saturday and I can go to Northwestern on Sunday or I can go to SIU on Saturday and go to Northern Illinois on Sunday. You know, and I mean, so, you you know, you just tried to work it out um, and, you know, you were hopeful that you would be able to fill your schedule for the the entire season. Um, And. But it was, yeah, it was very, very different. I mean, yeah. I know, you know, umpires now have their level of stress waiting for us coordinators to get our assignments out. And it was just a different type of stress because you were waiting on the coaches 
and you weren't just waiting on one or two coaches to call you. You know, you had 15, 20 coaches sometimes that you were waiting to hear from. So it was very different. Yeah, we have our things that we complain about with trying to work with with different assigners and do that. Imagine trying to like keep all these other coaches happy. And you mentioned something when you were mentioning around the schools that you were going to. Mm-hmm. For you, located in in centralish Illinois, and you know you're talking Indiana and Northwestern and SIU. It's all yep. kind of within within driving distance. And and we may be back to that stage again with what this pandemic has brought on. You know, you were having us fly. You know, I was in Florida. I was in North Carolina. I know I was with in Florida with Liz. We were all around the country at the beginning of the season. And now we're talking about going back to, it may just be driving again. What do you see as like our next step from, from what all this has brought on? You know, there's a lot of negatives to it. And, and you kind of mentioned one of the positives with the uh, Midwest umpire consortium that, that, that you started and, and created, and now it's, it's melding into, to something that may be a, a new step in for it and a new step in your life and, and putting you first. So can, can you talk first about like the travel stuff and then okay. no, yeah. what went into your decision <laughs> to making it about you, not in that sense, but making it a positive, <laughs> making it a positive for you. That was not supposed to be like, Hey, let's well, make it all about, I try not to make, make it about anything me. about Hopefully, me. Um, but I mean, from a travel that. standpoint, um, <laughs> I've not received directives officially from either the Big Ten or the Big 12. Um, what I have been told mm-hmm. is to anticipate travel restrictions. Now, what that might involve, I don't know. Um, one thing that I am sort of advocating for is that. Um, And I don't know what the possibilities of this are. So I'll just put it out there that I'm advocating for it is that both of those conferences do what the ACC and the SEC have done. And that's go to a flat fee. And that way there are no travel restrictions other than what the umpires put upon themselves. And um, it would make things much easier from my standpoint because I could then find out. And I mean, Mm. it's no secret that on the Big Ten roster, I have several umpires from the West Coast that come in and work for us. And, you know, if they put travel restrictions on it, say, you know, you can only have five flights every weekend. Well, that's going to be huge in determining who I can fly um, because not only do the umpires from the, the West Coast fly, but a lot of my umpires that are in the within the footprint of the Big Ten fly from site to site um, in order to make sure that, you know, we're not over scheduling one umpire with a team at any given time, because um, that was one thing that, you know, we faced um, in abundance when when you're just driving somebody. Um, you know, that, you know, well, he lives close to Penn State and there's not a lot of people that live close to Penn State. So mm-hmm. he's going to be at Penn State every weekend. Well, that's not good for anybody, um, whether it's a player, a team, coach or an umpire. And so we'll have to work hard to try to um, make that not, not happen. Um, but I don't know what all it involves. Um to answer that question, um, we'll have to wait and see. Let me rephrase the other question, maybe a little bit better. We we talked about a couple podcasts ago about our our mental stability and our thinking and and putting 
other things mm-hmm. before what we thought might have been are you know on the forefront of our mind and our our mental health and our mental being and what it does to us it just wears on you you know after a while and and being in the game 15 years working and growing up with it and then mm-hmm. trying to assign and you know you mentioned this in the email not yeah. only are you signing you're yep. reassigning well i think and then think maybe me, even reassigning um, like i said you know, you know again. over the course of the time that i've been in this position for 10 years now um i've added things to my plate including the you know um soup position that i have as a regional advisor and so my plate has always been pretty full and even you know when you look back at my entire career i was either umpiring and being an athletic director or i was coordinating and being an athletic director and i honestly have not known a time in my life where I've had a lot of personal time to just do whatever I want. Um, And I know that the week before the pandemic hit, I was just like, whoa, I've got a lot to do. And I, I honestly was feeling overwhelmed for probably the first time in my life. Like I've, you know, something has got to give at this point. And um, so when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, I go from one extreme where I'm feeling like there's not enough hours in the day to now, once I finally got all the travel situations and payment stuff taken care of, where I have basically nothing to do. And I mean, I'll be quite honest, those first few weeks, um, it's like I went to bed, I slept at night. Um, and I woke up in the morning and it was like, ha. Huh. And so I think I just got to the point where I realized that, you know, there's more to life. And I've always been very religious about working out um, and taking care of myself from a physical standpoint, um, in part because I had an uncle that passed away when he was 33 years old from a heart attack. And he was a guy that had played professional football was, you know, a great athlete, was in great shape, and he passed away from a heart attack. And I'm like, that's not going to be me. So I've always been committed to my physical health. But I think this time gave me an opportunity to look back and think more about what I'm doing to myself from a mental standpoint. Um, And just from a personal standpoint that, you know, I don't know when the last time was I sat down and actually watched a movie at my house. I couldn't tell you when that happened until this pandemic. And I was like, oh, this is sort of nice. I got Netflix, you know, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, And so, (laughs) I mean, just over the course of a few weeks, I was like, I really need to consider what I'm doing here. And and as I started thinking, you know, it's sort of nice to go to bed and be able to sleep. And part of that is because I think I lived behind my computer and, you know, they tell you that that's not a good thing um, and that it definitely can affect your sleep. And I'm positive that that's part of it. Um, but I also felt like I knew I wanted to stay involved with this because um, I feel like I have something to offer. Um, 
know, I'm, I have more longevity in this sport than just about anybody that's been around um, as a coordinator. Um, my experience is pretty varied and um, just feel like I have something to offer. So I and I, I love it. I love doing what I do. And I felt like the only way that I was going to be able to continue to stay involved is if I took some things off my plate. And so I made the decision that it would be best if I kept my focus on the Big Ten, the Big 12, and my suit position as regional advisor. And that if I could find somebody that I knew I could work with and that I trusted and valued um, to take over the other three um, that would keep things within the consortium that I would feel good about that and um, be able to, yeah. to let go. And so I sort of, yeah. well, I didn't sort of, I, I got those things in place and um, <laughs> I'm very hopeful that it's all going to come to, to be. Um, obviously it's out of my control. I've talked to the conferences and now it's, it's in their hands. They all seem to be very focused on wanting to keep the consortium because I think they all, they, they do feel that it served them well, um, having access to the number of umpires that they do, as well as having access to the training that we do as a consortium. And that's something I'm, you know, hoping to continue to build upon. Um, that's something that they value. So hopeful that that will to come to fruition and we'll be able to, to get all that in place here very quickly. You know, a health conscious, a health conscious decision on that. My, my dad was the same way as your uncle. You know, he was, he was healthy. He was, you know, in shape. He was out doing everything every weekend. And, and one night it was just, that was the end. I didn't get to tell him bye. And that's one of the reasons that, that I get to stay or that I keep myself active or on the field or the same way as for that as health conscious. And I know Liz is also big on, on fitness. So I'll let, I'll let her lead into that part. Yeah. Um, I mean, when this whole pandemic, I think we all took, took it different ways, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, at first I, I think I went through like that whole weekend of just kind of like a small depression. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that's real. <laughs> Is this real? Because, you know, you know, because it was a Thursday afternoon. I started getting conversation, uh, text messages from you know, my two partners. Um, and one was wondering if they canceled anything. And you know, the other one, um, you know, I'm big Mike from Columbus. You know, he <laughs> we were going down to Virginia Tech that weekend and we were talking back and forth. I was like, yeah, I got everything packed. You know, I'm leaving tomorrow morning, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when all the emails just started flooding mm-hmm. everybody's uh, threads and you know, it, it like it was it was wasn't surreal until like the next morning, and like when I woke up at nine thirty, I'm going, I should be on the road with my rental car yep. right now. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay. And then Saturday it hit me hard. Like uh, my family left me alone. Like they <laughs> they left me literally. I mean, I think I was in bed all day. Oh my. Like I had like you said. I had Netflix, I had YouTube TV on. So like, you know, cause we don't get rid of that. We just had the fire stick now. So, um, I think I just, I, I laid there and I'm just like, wow, this is like, I mean, I went through yep. like a depression and yep. I know just talking with others, not just in, in, in officiating, mm-hmm. but ones, you know, like, you know, coaches, um, even people that were, were scared about like, you know, what's going to happen with my job and yep. stuff like that. And I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do? Because, 
you know, I also, you know, I, I coach catchers and, and student athletes and I'm, I was just waiting for that to get shut mm-hmm. down. And, um, I was just I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be, this is going to be crazy. So my outlet when it comes to fitness is, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I remember I, I went Sunday, I worked out, went to my gym Monday, I worked out and all of a sudden you see on the news, on the TV panels and they're saying businesses are going to get shut down. And I just remember going home and I'm on my computer and I'm looking at the sea, like what I can buy. <laughs> and Nick's, Nick's, Nick's going, what are you doing? I was like, we are going to Dick's tomorrow <laughs> and we are going to, <laughs> because I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to fall behind And mm-hmm. like, you know, Tony's seen some pictures, but I completely redesigned the whole basement. <laughs> so like I have everything set up, you know, and starting to find out about myself that, um, like I, I created my own deadlift platform. Um, I've created some, you know, I, I've been redesigning some things down here on, you know, with some woodworking. Like I, I'm actually very surprised some of the things I was able to do. And also to keep myself busy is that we've redone floors. We've repainted and redid the girls' bedrooms. And I'm like, oh, all this stuff that, you know, we kind of put off for all yep. this long. But you know, besides my, my, long, my long story, how did you keep yourself busy besides Netflix? Well, <laughs> how are you able to handle all this? Um, I mean, anyone that knows me, I, the Y is just down the street from me. And so for the first two weeks, it remained open. And that was my that was my saving grace because I could go there, work out, see all my friends. And then when they shut the Y down, I was like, oh, my goodness. And that's when it, I mean, that's when we really experienced a total shutdown. And I'm fortunate. I mean, I've got a, a nice elliptical machine in my basement. I've got weights. I've got bands, I've got BOSU ball. I've got a fit ball. So I can pretty much do a, an entire workout. So from a fitness standpoint, I won't say that um in as good a shape as I was, but I've done a pretty good job of maintaining. I've taken more days off, which probably for somebody my age isn't all that bad of a thing. Um, I have taken my dogs, my poor dogs, their paws are probably raw because we go for a (laughs) lot of walks. Um, And so that's helped. And I mean, just from a mental perspective too, the walks with the dogs have been great. Um, And it's also allowed me to to go for I've been able to go for walks with friends friends have joined us so it's you know time when you can actually see and speak to another human being uh, which is nice because dogs don't do a great job of talking back Um, but I've you know done that Um, zoom calls with friends and family have been a significant thing and um, you know and plus I've had a number of um, umpiring things to continue to do. We've continued to meet as a soup staff every Tuesday night on calls. Um, Joanne, Mike, and Christy and myself have been meeting regularly um, discussing uh, timelines and platform for for moving forward with signing once we get schedules and once we get the okay to, to go ahead and do that. And then I've had Big Ten coordinator meetings um, and then just various calls. I mean, with our mechanics committee, uh, we're, we're working on those proposals. And um, Aaron Peterson is working with us on um, doing a to- total revamp of the manual and just trying to condense a lot of things and just make it more user-friendly, if you will. So I've been able to to stay pretty pretty busy. 
Um, I know because people are like, well, what do you do all day? And I was like, I don't know, but it takes me all day to do it, you know. Um, so I've, I feel like I've been able to stay pretty involved with the the umpiring aspect of it. Um, so that's helped. And then, you know, we've got a camp coming up here um, the 28th in Oklahoma City. And I don't know that I've ever been so excited to, to have a camp on my schedule. It's like just, <laughs> just the thought of being able to yeah. go out to a field and watch a game and watch people work um, is, mm. is something to, to, to really be excited about. I mean, watching all the games that ESPN has been playing, um, I think I've watched every single one of them. Um, and that's been that's been fun. Uh, I've enjoyed that because it's been interesting to watch how our mechanics and our umpiring has evolved over the time. I think the earliest game they showed was probably 2001, maybe. Um, so it's been very interesting to see that. Um, but I've, I've kept pretty busy, and I feel pretty good about where yeah. I'm at to say it to to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome to hear, you know, that even though we may not see it and, and Liz and I trying to get, you know, this podcast thing to keep communicating, keep umpires involved, that the soup is still being involved with stuff and we're still seeing where we can, you know, where we can grow. Yeah, we did have a little bit of the season where we can we can tweak some things and we mm -hmm. ask for, you know, some mechanic changes and, and, and you bring up, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I think I've seen you, what, in two games or so on ESPN. I've watched you on the plate. I've watched you at first base and, and on NCAA on their Facebook page, they've played some games yep. back and when Lisa Fernandez uh, was was pitching and and um, in a way was yeah. was catching and now you uh, both for UCLA and think of their roles now with UCLA again and and what they've kind of brought to it and going back and looking at that and, and seeing how much mm -hmm. our great game has grown and then looking at it and see the potential that we still, you know, have, have to grow and, and, you know, looking at it between some of the baseball and the softball and, and the way that we look and the mechanics that we use and, 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 you know, the game is different more personality that can, that Craig is even bringing in and allowing us to do. But the other big thing is, is, is fitness. And when you go to, when you go to camps and you're, and you're watching umpires, the movements that they have, the, the purposeful movements, the fitness, the way that they look in the uniform, not in even just that it's the right size shirt, or did they take the time to make sure that all of it fits properly that we're giving that first impression and Liz on I know she had her I was putting some of this stuff together on on the uh, forum things we have going on and and one of the pictures that they had in theirs and it's these umpires walking out at these baseball guys and they they're just ripped and I'm like man I thought I was looking pretty good in my shirt and I guess I'll go to the gym and work out some more but what are you looking for what is that fitness level that that you're looking for and and what's the the changes that you see from from when you were in it to to now and uh, what the fitness level has to change and well, I think for our, one thing, our presence. The, the level of expectation for us to be a physically fit person is much, much higher than it was before. You know, um, the expectation for us to, to look every bit the athlete as those players that are out there is important. You know, the coaches want to know that we can, we have the ability to get from one spot to another. 
and um, it's something that we've actually talked about a good deal in our last um, summit call with the coordinators because every sport is facing this, you know, and we are not able from an independent contractor status to test for physical fitness. And so it becomes something more of an eye test, if you will. Um, but it is it is something mm-hmm. that is very important. Um, you know, and I mean, and just because you look a certain way doesn't mean that you're going to be any more capable of getting somewhere. We know that, but it, it is important. And, you know, it's something that I have always stressed, um, you know, just I guess because that's my that's who I am as a person. But, you know, I just feel that it is so important that that we have the look of an athlete while we're out there. I mean, we're we're performing a function for an athletic event and we have to be able to be every bit the athlete. And, you know, granted, they're going to we're always going to umpire for kids that are 18 to 22 years old and we continue to get older. But, you know, we have to to do what we can to to maintain a level of fitness that is acceptable. Um, and one, one thing that we talked about that was talked about this past week is, you know, with hockey. And you know, hockey is probably the most demanding from an official standpoint from of what you are able to do physically. I mean, you have to be able to skate up and down that rink, but you also have to be able to have some agility because you're dodging pucks, you're dodging players. <laughs> and the average age of the hockey officials in the Big Ten is somewhere between 22 and 45 years old. That's the age range. Hmm. We don't have too many umpires hmm. under 45 in the Big Ten. You know, so, I mean, and you're looking at a whole entirely different demographic. And, you know, and theirs is all because it's it's fitness related. And, you know, what would our staff look like if we demanded the same things? And obviously our game doesn't demand that we be able to, to be of that that we have to be at that fitness level, but man, we'd be mm-hmm. we'd be in a world of hurt. Um, so I think it's just it, it's brought to my attention the fact yeah, that I think- you know we we have the luxury of utilizing our our cognitive and mental um, capabilities to a great extent in umpiring. And, you know, we can somehow compensate at times for our lack of physical. In all sports, that's not possible. Um, but, yeah. you know, it, it does, we do benefit from it greatly because think of the experiences that you've had in interactions with coaches in, in, you know, heated situations that as a 22-year-old, how would you have handled those? You know? As you're yeah. jumping over a hockey puck <laughs> and trying to m- miss guys that are coming out of the quote unquote dugout, jumping over and, well, and changing lines, and yep. then you're dealing with some of those players yelling. are are, de- are designed only to run over. People. Exactly, that's yeah. their job. And, and <laughs> I thought that was a player. Oh, wasn't I I'm sorry, it was the official. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had talked about hockey before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've talked about it about one of the sports that I think is one of be one of the most demanding of the sports to officiate, mm-hmm. and it and it was absolutely as hockey, and just for the the things that you 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 mentioned. But one kind of a final final note, I, we've taken 
we've taken an, enough of your time, but you mentioned, uh, you know, some camps and, and, uh, going to be a, at one mm-hmm. here in a couple of weeks in Oklahoma city. Uh, Liz, I think you have some other details on, on, on that. Well, I know, uh, a few of our, our guys that, you know, we've been helping out, um, you know, trying to, you know, make their, make their names for themselves and, and get, acclim- uh, um, get in front of all of you. Um, I know it, it was, everything was in question about the camps, especially with some of these tournaments being mm-hmm. canceled, a lot of these showcases. Um, I'm actually, I'll be honest with you. I'm jealous because you get to see the new stadium after all the renovations. Oh man, that's going to be that so awesome. That was a big perk in being able to go. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to be the first group that's on that stadium field with the new renovations. I know. Keep it nice for me. I'll be, keep it cool. nice. I'll be there in, yeah. in no, July that's exciting. for the gold. So. Um, <laughs> Dude, See, that's a cool exist. spot as well. I know it's going to be I warm. I don't, I don't. I don't think so in Oklahoma. <laughs> you run not there. Not typically, anyway. <laughs> at this time of the year, maybe there's some new shade. Yeah. Maybe there's some new shade. Maybe there's some new shade that's that's grown up with we that with the new uh, stadium that's there. Um. Well, uh, uh, Steve Steve McCowan and uh, that Cody. campus down there. Steve McCowan and right. then uh, Cody Little, I think, are the ones and that are put putting it on there. There's some stuff that's on. You, I know you can hit them hit them up on Facebook as well. They just they just uh, you texted a link. me before I got on with you. It, it's filled. They just. Well, that's that's yep. even better to hear that people are that are ready to get on the field. There, there's some other camps that you sent out. Uh, we have our Facebook page on both sides, okay, uh, both sides of the mass that we'll list some stuff on there. Liz is gonna post. Liz is gonna post some pictures cool. of her workout room that she's <laughs> put on there. Hey, why don't you share your why don't you share your favorite kind of that. Uh, ice cream that. that you get at Brahms on there? Because I'll be there Sally daily. Take a look. <laughs> Sally can take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'll she'll uh, she'll look up those. Uh, your, your favorite type of ice creams and maybe she'll try something new maybe she's tried it all there is time. nothing new to try <laughs> so peanut butter puff uh, what is it come on tony come on peanut bu- <laughs> you know my <laughs> well I, just because i science. know doesn't mean that everybody else knows <laughs> right we have an we have another ice cream place here well it's a frozen custard place uh andy's there's there may be one that's close to you sally and my oldest daughter she gets peanut butter cup uh they call it a jackhammer peanut butter cup jackhammer with nice. uh peanut butter down the center yeah that's that sounds pretty yummy Ooh, i could go for that that's a few trips on the <laughs> yeah, no kidding. she's getting all her protein that is for <laughs> yeah sure. if you want to know why i work out all the time it's so i can eat yeah we have the treadmill in the house that's the real reason <laughs> It's so funny. No, thank you. Well, Sally, we thank you. We thank you so much for, for joining us. You know, we are both loving what you have going on and the steps that you've taken to grow the game of softball and help us grow and, and reach out to those, those new umpires that are coming in and, and the attending of camps. I know that it's also building your staff, but you know, it, 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 I saw you, what, two, you saw me yep. three times before, before you picked me up and gave me something, everything to be on, on your staff. And, and I just, from me, I thank you so much for that. And, and Liz, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like she's eating the peanut butter cup ice cream. I, I know she. <laughs> it's starting to sound really good right now. No, uh, no, we, I really appreciate you, you know, joining us. You know, we're hoping this is going to open up some more doors so that way we can have more like I said, more conversations with umpires. We want to have that comfortable um, dialogue with them, you know, just so that way they have um, somewhere to go, you know, when they're going through
through some some trials and whatnot. You know, I know with the consortium, we also added um, a place they know where we can discuss things, and I'm I'm hoping that we'll kind of get that gear started as well. Yeah. But well, no, I, I appreciate everything you've offered for us and. Um, hopefully we can continue well, to do likewise, more. I appreciate you guys and I appreciate what you're doing with this because I think that's, you know, it's just another way for us to keep our umpires involved and, and keep them informed and, you know, help to, to grow the game. And I mean, that's one thing too with the new person on the consortium that I'm really hoping that having another set of eyes, another set of ears, another perspective is going to broaden our horizons with that and you know allow us to bring and add more things um and then you know adding the forum uh, i'm hoping that more people will start to um take advantage of that and and utilize it and we can you know just keep keep that growing and i appreciate what tony's done to to get that started and then you know we've got some new things hopefully with that the big 10 is offering in terms of um training videos and so forth that i'm working with marty to to hopefully get that started and you know we'll just keep keep growing and and keep things going so that we can move our game and move our umpires yeah that's yeah virtual camps Yep. Virtual camps, virtual meetings, a lot more Zoom things where, you know, it's hard yep. for uh, for people to kind of travel in and, and that technology that we have there that we've always been scared of to to bring it in and, and utilize that. There's a lot more doors that we can not so much hide behind, but sometimes we don't want everything out in the forefront until we get it out to our staff and then and then we can release it to the world and, and everybody learn from it. And that's, you know, that's yep. kind of my hope for what the forum can be that we can all kind of that we can grow together and, and sometimes when i when i was first meeting sally or i first met liz, met liz it's not easy to talk it's a hard conversation to even yep. start and you don't know how open that they're going to be yeah once you get there you're like oh what the heck was i even afraid of but that that forum is sometimes it's on, on social yeah. media as we know it's hard it's which can be dangerous at keyboard, times but it's it's easy mm. as well <laughs> but it's it's easy in the forum setting when we're in a group of, of our peers and working for somebody yeah. that's like, hey, communicate, to well, communicate with each other. Hopefully that's door that, that will be so, open and people will take more advantage of. And, you know, I'm probably we're probably looking at having our MUC meeting that we would have had with the Big Ten office. You know, most likely it's going to be something that's going to be online, going to be a, you know, a Microsoft Teams meeting type thing but um, we'll definitely have something put together and you know and like you said you know people that probably couldn't have come to the big 10 office will be able to get on and you know there's no excuse not to be able to attend this so we'll hopefully be able to reach a wider audience Mm -hmm. so awesome yeah well both sides both sides of the mask we thank sally walker for uh joining us you heard all the accolades at the beginning women's college world series power five two power fives two of the three that she's assigning for some changes coming from the muck she's in she's in the sup she's on the four-man crew she's on the other mechanic crew trying to make sure that what we're doing out on the field is benefiting everybody and that we're watching our game grow even more and more as more as we find our on ESPN, as more as we find ourselves on the Big Ten Network. I'm sure the Big 12 Network's going to find something else. They got the Longhorn Network. We, uh, we can be seen. Are we looking what 
are we looking the way that we need to be looking? Both sides of the mask, anchor dot uh, anchor FM, Apple Podcast. What are what are Spotify. the ones am I leaving out? Liz, <laughs> Spotify. Yeah, we're Twitter. on the Twitter. We're on <laughs> all all the socials. <laughs> All the socials, all the listening, looking for it. <laughs> Both sides of the mask no. is Good about luck. to get big. Let's hope it That's does. what I hope anyway. All right. Thank, thank you, guys. Um, bye. Thanks for joining us. Be excellent, everybody.